Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Hardy, the senior pastor of Loyalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Hardy has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Wow. Sometimes it's good for people to go away, eh? They come back different, eh? They come back very different. Well, today we are very much blessed. Hallelujah. We have our general superintendent amongst us. Hallelujah. We miss you so much, Reverend Daniel Halif. It's almost about one whole year since you have been here. Put your hands together. Let's welcome our pastor, Reverend Daniel Halif. Put your hands together. Make a shout. Shout out to the Lord. Wow. Hallelujah. Are you sure you are excited? Stand to your feet, please. It's too, it's too soon to be seated. Are you sure you are excited to be in the presence of God? If you are excited, give Jesus a shout of praise wherever you are. Wow. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this wonderful opportunity in your presence. Speak your word into our hearts. Holy Spirit, we humble ourselves before you. Minister to us. Visit us. Teach us. Heal us. Challenge us. Transform us. In the name of Jesus, through your word, we pray that at the end of the service, we will be established in you. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Lift up your Bible, sing with me. I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without measure. We will travel together, my Bible and I. Let's go. I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without measure. We will travel together. My Bible and let's sing it properly loudly. I got the step, everybody apart from yourself. The gift of God without measure. We will travel together. My Bible. Let's sing it for the last time. I have a wonderful treasure. I have wonderful treasure. The gift of God without measure. We will travel together. My Bible. I have a wonderful treasure, the gift of God without measure, we will travel together, my Bible and I, hallelujah, say this is my Bible, I believe what it says, I can do what it says I can do. This morning, I will be taught from this Bible and I will be blessed. Put your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated on top of your enemies. 
this man god is going to put your enemies under your feet i said god is going to put your enemies under your feet this month begins is the beginning of your journey to move forward i prophesy that you will go up from this month anything that stops you from going forward will go backwards anything that stops you from going up will go down in the name of jesus i said in the name of jesus hallelujah wonderful it's good to see everybody again um i've not seen you for a while some rumor has said that it's been a year but as far as i'm concerned it's not been a year it's just been one sunday is that not so okay two sundays i mean yeah only two sundays but i have good news for you the good news is that i'm with you for the next four sundays uninterrupted yeah uninterrupted do you get it so we're going to have a great time for four weeks straight hallelujah and even the sunday that i will not be here actually we will all be together where i am so then after that i'm with you for another four weeks so the next nine weeks i mean we are together tell your neighbor we are together we are together wow well this morning is it's an honor and a privilege to preach to you Zianda, you're welcome nothing has changed apart from the quality of the singing you are still the same still exciting still nice I, why didn't you sing your let's sing it for her lion of judah we worship you lion of judah we are singing for you don't sing for us can i hear the lady sing lion of judah we worship you we worship you Lion of what a shock! <laughs> wow, wow! Hey, 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 hey! It's Sunday. Well, the word of God. Turn your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter twenty-four. I'm reading verse number three. Bible says, "Through wisdom, a house is built, and by by wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established." Amen. Amen. The next few weeks, I'm going to talk to you about how to be established in your walk with God. Or how to be established in your Christian life. And the Bible tells us here that to build, you need wisdom. But to establish something, you need understanding. Amen. Amen. Anything you are doing, if you want to be established in it, you need understanding amen Amen. in your school you need understanding not only knowledge but understanding knowledge is good for the time that you are in school let's say you are training to become a mechanical engineer what they feed you in school is knowledge but you need to now have understanding into mechanical engineering So that now when you come into real life, where you need to apply this 
engineering or so-called engineering that you have studied from school, you can apply it properly. That is why in so many places, you go and meet people who are supposedly qualified in a field, yet are incompetent and cannot do much. Why? Because of the absence of understanding. Where's Logan? Because of the absence of understanding. When you don't understand things, you do them haphazardly, and you don't last in them. Say you are, you, 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 you are you're a young lady, you don't understand what life is about, and even many, young, many ladies don't get married because they don't understand that times change. That your beauty is for a certain season. I'm happy you are all young and unmarried. You need to get it now. You know, there's a phase where people, a lot of guys will propose to you. And they see you, hi, 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 oh, bring me, oh, no, sit down. Your dress is very beautiful. I just need your, your, your yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. So, hello, princess. Hey. I, I, hey. I, I, I think that there's a connection between you and I. And I feel that we should build a future together. Then you look at this guy, he's five foot five. And you are maybe five foot eight. You are both short anyway, but you say how it won't work. You know, the way you are you are close to the ground. It's, 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 it doesn't do it for me. Then you let him go. Then another guy comes with the same request. Then you look at him and say, mm. Look, in these days of the, where people cut their hair nice, you are still doing cheese cough. Why? You are stuck in time. You are not my type. Then another one comes. You look at him and say, oh, You are a foreigner. Then another one comes. Different excuse after excuse or reason after reason. A time will come, nobody will come again. You will still be beautiful, but nobody will come. Do you know why? You have just gone past your cell by date. You've just gone past it. Because there's a certain time of your life where when people see you, they think about marriage. And there's a certain time of your life when they see you. You are still beautiful. And one day I was in Zurich and I heard that the famous painting called the Rembrandt was in Zurich. So I went to look at it. I saw it. Wow, nice painting. You don't know the Rembrandt, eh? It's also in Zurich. Fine. I look at it. Different people came to look at it, took pictures. I was waiting for somebody to say, I think I should buy this painting. I was there for two hours. Nobody offered to buy the painting. It is still the Rembrandt. It's still beautiful. I mean, Rembrandt is with this type of Mona Lisa and those type of paintings. Nobody bought it. I said, "Ah, is this not the Rembrandt? Wouldn't somebody like to keep it? But nobody bought it. Why? 
When you, when, because it's, it's a rare painting, and nobody wants to spend that much money on it. When you go past your cell by date, people will still see you say, oh, wow, beautiful girl. Oh, wow, nice girl. But nobody will offer to marry. They may offer to sleep with you because, I mean, why not? But to marry, never. Never. That is one reason why a lot of beautiful girls never get married. Not that they don't want to marry, but they never get anybody to marry them. Because they, they don't have understanding of even the span of their beauty or how far it will go. Yeah. So I pray that you make the right choices in your time. With understanding. In your Christian life also, if you do not have understanding, your Christian life will not be established. At the least shaking, you will see you'll be bombed off the wagon. A little trouble. Maybe sometimes you may even make a mistake. And then that's it. I had a guy once, he always used to tell me, Pastor, I don't think I'm born again. I've led him to Christ more than anybody I know in my life. Every two weeks, I lead him to Christ. We'll say, say after me, dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe with all my heart that you died for me and you rose again. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. That's it. You are born again. Then you say, okay. Then you will go. After one week, he will get unborn again. Again. All because of what? Absence of understanding. So as we go on this journey, my prayer is that you will get a proper understanding of your work with the Lord so that you can be established in your I see you being established. I see you being a properly established Christian. I've been born again, I think, for 23 years. 24 years. Yeah, 24 years. Shakings have come. Shakings have gone. I'm still around. Why am I still around? Understanding. I've made mistakes. Terrible mistakes. Unbelievable mistakes. But I'm still around. My plan is that I'll be the last man standing. Yeah. You too, you'll be the last man standing. Hallelujah. One of the first things you need to understand is who you are. I'm going to share with you different principles of the Christian walk. And it will help you gain understanding into your relationship with God. So one, we want to discover who are we? The first thing you must know is that you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in your body. Let's say it together. Man is a spirit. Has a soul and lives in a body. Man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. Hallelujah. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Bible tells us that Paul is writing, he's praying, and he said, I pray God that what he preserves your spirit. 
and your soul and your body blameless until the coming of Jesus Christ. So here, Paul mentions three different areas that he's talking about. Instead of saying that, I pray that you are kept blameless until the coming of the Lord. He said, I pray that your whole spirit, your soul, and your body is preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul introduces us into, into the fact that when you see a human being, you are looking at three different things. The first one is the spirit. The second one is the soul. And the third one is the body. Alright? The spirit, the soul, and the body. And I'm saying that you yourself, you are a spirit, not a body. You are a spirit that has a soul. And then you live in this container which is your body. It's like when you take Coca-Cola. You can't tell me that the bottle is the Coca-Cola. You can't say that. It's just Coca-Cola has a unique bottle. Unique packaging. A can. You can't say the can is the Coca-Cola. Because if you were to send somebody to buy you Coca-Cola and they bring you the can alone, you'll be, you'll be angry. And moreover, if you go to a place and the Coca-Cola is poured out of the can, it doesn't cease to be Coca-Cola. Hallelujah. That black liquid that you see, I pray that there will be Coca-Cola in heaven, to be very honest with you. In the whole, it will really help, I tell you. In the whole world, there's nothing like... No, to be honest. I don't drink Coca-Cola, but I pray that. Because... It's more difficult to stop drinking Coca-Cola than to stop smoking. Yeah. The effort it has taken me to just... Oh, there must be... Look, God must reward me by allowing Coca-Cola to be in heaven. Hallelujah. Now, that black substance is the Coca-Cola. Now, that black substance in the, the container is your spirit. It's you. It's the real you. Not this hair done or undone. No. You are a spirit. Like that black substance. And then the taste inside the substance. Which you can't separate from the black liquid. is actually your soul. That's how you can look at it. That's your soul. You can't separate. I mean when you take the Sugar and the gas out of Coca-Cola. It ceases to be Coca-Cola. It becomes Pepsi. <laughs> no, it becomes... When, when Coca-Cola is passed, it's Pepsi. I mean, seriously. You can't separate the, the gas and the sugar from there. In that same way, your spirit cannot easily be separated from your soul. So, with understanding into this, you will even know where to concentrate on. Many of us for a long time have concentrated on the container, the bottle. You are like those boys who move around collecting bottles. Meanwhile, that's not the real thing. It's time to concentrate on the real thing. 
Why do we know that we are not the body or we are not the soul? The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 verse 9 that God is a father of spirits. So if we are spirits, if we are God's children, it just makes sense that we are spirits. If you agree that we are sons of God, John 1, 12, the Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to be called the sons of God. Jesus taught us to pray. So after this manner, pray ye. Say, our father which art in heaven. So if God is our father and God's children are spirits, then we are not monkeys. As some people believe. We are not chimpanzees. We are not gorillas. We are spirits. We are spirits. So the time to concentrate on your spirit has come. That's why we are in church. This morning, as we are in church, we are working on our spirit. We are not working on our body. Yes, all of you are looking nice. Everybody has dressed nice. The, the girls more than the boys. But, I mean, the emphasis in this 30 minutes that I have, I have not come to work on your body. Okay, you know, sister, I like the way your hair is. It Brazilian, Peruvian, or Moroccan hair? You know, but you know something? Instead of all of it going this way, maybe put one this way so that it looks like maybe Michael Jackson. Have I told, have I told you that? No, I'm, I'm working on your spirit. That's what we are growing. That's what we are growing now. That's what we are working on now. Hallelujah. Good. So we are going to look at a story in the Bible. And this story is going to explain to us further that we are spirits. Luke chapter 16. We're reading from verse 19. The Bible says, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple, which fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain poor beggar named Lazarus at the rich man's gate. Yeah? Full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came to lick his sores. And it came to pass that the be- beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and seared Father Abraham as far off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he said to Father Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Hallelujah. Now, this is a beautiful story. The Bible says, once upon a time, there was a certain rich man. This rich man, he, he, he knew how to dress. I mean, his favorite color was purple. I don't know, is this purple? You, want, you went to Montessori. Is this purple? This is what? Pink. Pink. Hot pink. Look, when we were young, colors had one name. If it's blue, it's blue. If it's black, it's black. If it's white, it's white. Seven colors of the rainbow. What are the seven colors of the rainbow? Nanini. Red, blue, green, yellow. Hey. You have missed your Coca-Cola. Let's get somebody. Who else knows the seven colors? G. What's up? I haven't seen you in a while. What are the seven colors of the rainbow? Hey, you're thrown in the towel. 
when we were young, there were only seven colors of the rainbow. Now things have changed. You said this is what? Hot. What puts the heat in it? So, please, find me purple. I don't want to... Is this purple? Is this purple? Is this purple? This is maroon. (laughs) Sit down. Sit down quickly. And stop deceiving people. Do you all agree? This we can't take. Is this also... Brothers, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Look, when you're a guy, life is simple. <laughs> this, this is what light purple, cool purple, cool. This is cool, cool purple. Anyway, anyway, you let's not fight. Let's say that. Let's agree that, that this is purple. That guy, his favorite color was purple. Do you get it? At the back, they say it's lilac. I said that, Sister Vida. Where is it? Okay, Sister Vida, let's see your. No, because our brother doesn't. Uh huh. Is this purple? Do you all agree? Okay, so that's purple. This guy, that was his favorite color, purple. Purple. And purple is a color for riches. Yeah, when you are rich, when you are rich, the color for riches, the color in the Bible that represents riches is purple. So this guy was very rich. He was living the good life. Bible says he fed sumptuously every day. Not as he, he, he was feeding. I mean, he lived sumptuously. Life was good for him. He drove the car he wanted to drive. He, his children went to the school he wanted them to go to. He ate what he wanted to eat. I mean, I see you eating what you want to eat when you want to eat it. The time of eating leftover food is past. He was, his life was good. Then the Bible says, there was a poor beggar. Now this beggar, he didn't have much. He was at the rich man's gate. And all he wanted was to eat whatever fell from the rich man's table. So when the rich man eats and something falls down, ah, then he will take it. And there were dogs there. And I'm sure that's what killed him because the dogs also wanted to eat what was falling down. And he was also fighting with them over it. Because moreover, the dogs came to lick his sauce. Immediately after that, the Bible said it came to pass the beggar died. And now, I mean, if you watch a little CSI, you would know that the rich man was in the story. The dogs were in the story. The beggar was also there. The rich man doesn't have motive to kill the beggar. But the dogs, they have both motive and opportunity. Yeah, because like, you are fighting with us over the food. And then we have access to you. Do you get it? Yeah, access, uh, motive and opportunity. So probable cause of the murder was the dogs. So the Bible says, he died. And angels came to carry him into Abraham's. And then, of course, no matter how rich you are, you also die. You can eat the best meals in the world. You will eventually die. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, judgment. So, 
the rich man also died. Now, when the rich man died, the Bible says he died and he was buried. But immediately after the funeral, I'm sure it was a very lavish funeral. All the rich people in the area came. Politicians came. I mean, um, what's the name of our president now? Sarah Ramaphosa came. Jacob Zuma came. All the people came. And yeah, people were there. There were bottles with his picture on it, handkerchiefs. I'm sure they were even giving out iPhones as souvenirs. No, it looks amazing to you, but do you think when Steve Jobs died, they were not giving out iPhones? It's possible. Do you get it? It looks strange to you because of your level. God is going to change your level. Things that look strange today will not be strange. When I tell you that they change cars every day, it will not be strange to you because it's something you can also do. But Bible says after that, immediately they show us two different places, heaven and hell. The Bible says this rich man immediately, he was in hell. But they buried him. And we all know what happens to people that we bury. What happens to them is that your, 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 your body decays. It rots and it, when you go and exhume a dead body, it's usually bones. It's just bones. No wonder the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, 1, that though our earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building in God, not made of hands, but eternal in the heavens. So that's what happened to his body. Immediately, his body dissolved. And I'm sure Lazarus's body also dissolved. But look at what he was saying. He said, in hell, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and seeth Father Abraham and who? Lazarus. The guy whose body had dissolved, he was still Lazarus. Which means Lazarus had not dissolved. Which presupposes that your body is not you. Your body is just housing you. Your body is not you. It is just a container that is whole. That's why in heaven, he was still Lazarus. Because he could have been somewhere. If I've been on this earth and I'm poor, very poor, and I die, and then I come again and I'm not me, at least I'll change my name. One of the first things I'll do is to change my name. I mean, I don't know real people who are called Lazarus. It's only French people that... I call Lazarazu, but I don't give you a name. There are some names, you know, Judas, Lazarus, these type of difficult names. No. Even Job, people don't give it to their children that much. Yeah, so I would have changed my name, but he was still himself, so he couldn't be called anything. I recognize him, that's Lazarus. That is Lazarus. That is Lazarus. So if you are your body, you know, sometimes. You gain a little weight. And people see you. They can't make you out. Are you coming along? People see you say, oh. Ah, is that Aniki? They say, oh yeah, that's Aniki. They say, oh. Aniki. Then they will meet you so that you don't know they didn't remember you. So, hello Aniki with a big smile on their faces. Do you get it? A little change. People can't recognize you. So, if Lazarus had really changed... The rich man wouldn't have recognized him. But he was still himself. Lazarus. Although this body had dissolved. 
That's why I say you are a spirit. You have a soul. When you die, this body will be left here. Then to left, you'll be left with your spirit and your soul. Your spirit and your soul. Now, what is your spirit? Quickly. I don't know how much time I have, but what is your spirit? Since we have all accepted that we are spirits, let me show you what the Bible calls your spirit. Romans 7.22, the Bible calls your spirit the inward man. The inward man. The inward man. The inward man. He says, I delight in the law of God afterward, the inward man. So the first name that is given to your spirit in the Bible is the inward man. The man that is inside. The inward man. Ephesians 3.16, the Bible calls your spirit the inner man. He said, be strengthened with might in the inner man. Then first Peter, he calls your body, your, your, your spirit, the hidden man. Is that the man that is hidden? That's why we are all deceived that we are this body that we see. This body, that that's this house, this outward house. Because we 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 we, we believe what we see. So because you can't see your spirit, we feel no, this is the body. But you can't see your brains. But you know that you got brains, baby. You, only, you don't only have beauty, but you have brains as well. But you've never... Have you seen your brain before? How about you? Pinky? Seen it before? Lilita, have you seen it? Never. But you know that you have brains. I mean, if somebody were to meet you and say, you don't have brains. I mean, you, that's when they will see the Zulu in you. That's the day. That's the day that you prove to them that you are a Zulu. You mean I don't have brains? You will see the Zulu in me. Full, full plate. Yeah, that's what you are saying. Be careful. Then you start taking off your shirt. You say, I don't have sense. No, when people are fighting, they take off their... One day I was driving somewhere. Then I saw a lady. There was... I mean, there was a commotion. People were shouting and everything. So I slowed down to see what's happening. Do you get it? Then as I looked, I saw a lady. She was taking off her clothes. And there were people behind her chanting. So she was taking off it. So I asked the guy I was with, what is she doing? The guy said to me, Pastor, she's coming to fight. And I said, ah, but if you are coming to fight, maybe you need to put on gloves. I said, no, 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 she's taking off her clothes. So I asked the guy, why? First I asked, is she going to take off all her clothes? The guy said, yes. She's going to take off everything till she's banana naked. I said, wow. And I said, how about the opponent? I said, she's also, um, the guy said, I'm sure she's also taking off her clothes. She has just not come into the ring yet. So I asked the guy, I said, why? He, he said to me, you know, so that when they fight, there's nothing to hold. Because that's how ladies fight. Ladies fight by grabbing, they just grab each other. Men fight fisticles. They throw punches. Yeah, ladies, when they fight, hold your hair, pull it, hold your shirt, pull, just be pulling each other all over the place. So, this lady is an experienced fighter. She doesn't want to be pulled down by anything. So, she's taking off her clothes so that you have nothing to hold. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she took off her wig first. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. A lot, it's good you mentioned because a lot of brothers don't know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of brothers think what they are seeing is what it is. Yeah. Every, they are all wearing a helmet, okay? Brothers, this morning as we are here, they are all wearing a, it's a protective shield to keep the thing there. Do you get it? Yeah. When they get to their hostels or their room, the first thing they do is that, uh-huh. Then they all become boys. All of them become boys. Brothers, don't be deceived. Yeah, brothers, say amen. amen. Yeah. Back to what I was saying. Look, he could still recognize Lazarus. That, that's Lazarus. That's the guy who was by my gate. That is the guy. Although the body had been dissolved. He said, oh, that's the guy. When you die and your body is taken away, then now you become even more alive because your spirit continues to live and your soul continues to live. It continues. You need to have understanding to this subject or else you waste your time on this earth just polishing a building a six-pack or building whatever you have been building. Just making, putting makeup. I mean, sometimes we can do makeup. When you see the makeup, you say, Wow! Wow, what a painting. <laughs> you take a needle, you push it in two inches, and you bring it out, and there is no blood. No, you don't make contact with blood. He say, yes, this is a thick foundation. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> Check your sister, the closest person to you, and see how, how thick is the layer. Well, how thick is the layer today? How thick is it? So, brothers, before you, 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 you propose to anybody around, I think you should do a surprise visit. No, no, no. It's very important. Surprise visit or take them for baptism. Always be there when we do the baptism. When they go into the sea and they come out of the sea, you see that the color of the sea has changed. They look different. That's where you understand if a man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You see a new person. Totally new. That was by the way. Let's go on. I said I'm here for four weeks. Don't worry. Four weeks. Now, what is the soul? I think we look at that and we close for today. Next week we go on. What is your soul? Because there's a slim line between your spirit and your soul. And we say, you, have a, you are a spirit and you have a soul. So therefore, what is your soul? Your soul is made, that we can tell from this story, it's made up of your emotions, your feelings, and your thoughts. Your soul it's made up of your... You see, the Bible doesn't give us any clear definition of what the soul is. So we, we look at the soul or we try to define or understand what the soul is through the various things that the soul does. We can call it 
soulish activities. Do you get it? The soul can bless the Lord. Psalm 103 verse 2. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. So, David explains to us, it's the soul that you use to bless the Lord. Psalm 45, he said, why why, why is my soul cast down? So, we can see from there that the soul can be cast down. He said, why is my soul grieved? means the soul can be grieved. Do you see? And all these things make up your emotions. In this story, the guy, when he was in hell, Bible says, and being in torment, it means he could feel torment, which is your feelings. He could feel it. He could still feel it. Feelings. He could still feel grief, pain, anguish. He was still thirsty. That's yours. And then your thoughts. He could think and say that, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented. So he could still think, which is your soul. Your soul. So how you think, how you feel, all has to do with your soul. That's why relationships and it's all soulish. It's just your soul. It's just your soul. Uh, Pastor, I had some good pimples, good pimples here. That's how I knew that I was in love with him. Look, look. Your body has nothing to do with it. It's your soul. It's your soul that feels that thing. Your body is just responding and reacting to it. That's your soul. And your soul will not die. When you die, it's your body that is dissolved. You are left with your spirit and your soul. And that is the part of you that will go either to heaven or to go to hell. Do you get it? It's your soul. Many of us develop our bodies and don't develop our spirit and our souls. Meanwhile, those two parts are the parts that are going for eternity. Go to school, study to have a good life, develop yourself, become a doctor, become an architect, become this, have a good life, live well. Some go on a diet just to be well, so that the body will be well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you go, it's a great idea to be on a diet. Organize what you eat. Don't just eat anything. And if you start young, it's better. Don't just eat anything that comes into your mind. You know? Many of you, when we eat, not many of many of us, when we eat pork, we, we really like the part between the meat and the outward skin. The part that is in between. Do you get it? I mean, it's more anointed. Because it has more oil. Oh? And that's the nicest. I mean, think about it. When, no matter what they do to the pork, that part is the nicest. So even when people eat, they don't eat their portion, then you take it. Yeah, ne? Yeah, right. Ne? Then you are just now chewing. Then your lips are looking glossy, shiny, greasy. The earlier you start controlling those edges, the better. Do you see? I mean, when I eat pork, because that is the nicest part, I try and cut just a small piece. I mean, look, all die be die. We will all die eventually. <laughs> Do you see? So I cut just a small piece and I put it just so that my tongue doesn't forget the taste of it. 
So that one day when I'm there and I meet it somewhere and it's okay to eat it, my tongue will say, oh no. So I put a little piece. But you are eating it. That's actually the main thing you eat. Pig tail. You go and buy the whole of the tail of the pig. It's only fat. And you are sitting there eating. Hey! By the time you finish, all your lips are greasy. It's like you have put lip gloss. Anyway. It's good. But make time to develop your spirit. Make time to develop your soul. When you meet somebody whose soul is not developed, those are the people who get a lot of broken hearts, always crying, always fasting, even sometimes always quarreling. I know some people, they just love to quarrel. I mean, their favorite sport is quarreling. Do you understand? Their favorite is like, when they are dead, they are bored. And they need something to make them happy. They, they, they just check their food. Is there anybody I can quarrel with? Just to quarrel. Yeah, I know wives who are like that. Quarreling. Actually, I'm dealing with a case now. That girl, as soon as you, sla- you smile at her husband, you want to take her husband. Even whether you are a guy. Yeah, you want to take her I mean, everybody. She has fought with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. It's like, that's her favorite pastime. You see somebody without emotional intelligence. The person has not bothered to develop their soul. There are some of us, we are never happy. Never happy. Always depressed. Always sad. Always worried. You have not developed your soul. I'm preaching a beautiful series on how to develop a good heart. Developing a good heart. I think you should, you should, you should, you should get on the podcast and listen to it. So this, this Tuesday I'm preaching on how to develop a merry heart. Bible says a merry heart worketh like medicine. How to develop it. This Tuesday, just get online, watch us live, whatever you can do in Marysburg. You'll be excited. Developing your soul. Many of us don't make time to develop our souls. And more especially, we don't make time. The only time our spirits are fed is on a Sunday morning like this. And how long do I preach? 40 minutes. Out of the 40 minutes, I pray, I sing, and then I preach. So proper preaching time, 35 minutes. Now, if you feed your spirit only 35 minutes a week, and that is you, I said, that is you. Meanwhile, you eat three square meals a day and you snack twice as well. And the body is getting bigger, but the soul is getting smaller. The body is getting stronger, but the soul and the spirit is getting weaker. Take your time. Arrange what you wear for the body. But you will never arrange what you will give to the spirit. Even a Bible. Something as common as a Bible. In this smart age, you still don't have one. That's why I say understanding will help you establish yourself in your Christian work. It will let you put your priorities right. You will see that, hey, I'm a guy... I need, to, I, need to, I need to work on my spirit. It's not enough working on my body. Because this body, it will dissolve. One day, it will be no more. 
but I will still be around. It's time for me to work on my spirit. I pray for you that you will make time to work on your spirit because you are a spirit. And that spirit is going to live forever. And you have a soul. Your soul is what stirs up your desires. You are in church this morning because your soul has stirred you up to be here. Not your body. Your body, if your body had it its own way, by now, it will be sleeping or being slept with. Whichever way. Yeah. Whichever way. If it had its own way, I'm telling you. No, I'm being honest with you. If it had its own way, you'll be beating somebody by now. If it had its own way, it will be drinking by now. If it had its own way, you'll be eating by now. You'll be on your second meal. One day a lady visited me and it was in the morning. She was rushing to go. My children were going to school. She was going with whoever was picking them up. I said, oh, let me grab something to eat. So I, I, was, I was in my room and I, and I just said, oh, let me come and say goodbye to my kids. So I came to the living room. When I saw what she was eating as early as 7 a.m., I said, wow. wow. Tell your neighbor, wow. wow. No, don't say it, wow, like you went to a better school. Say, wow. wow. The amount of, to start with, what she was eating, you don't eat it for breakfast. That's the first thing. It's not for breakfast. Breakfast is tea, toast, bacon. Egg. No. She was serious. I mean, serious with a capital C. Very serious. Very serious. Made the food heavy. And what even amazed me is slim. Look, fear slim people, I'm telling you. They make us big people look like we eat a lot, but Look, heavy meal. I, I told her, I said, girl, you are serious. And I took a picture of her and the food. Because one day when I say it, she will deny it. Yeah, I, said, I took a picture. I said, this is for the future. <laughs> Evidence. So the body, if you leave it, Joel, it will do so many things. But it's your soul that has forced your body to be here now. So that your spirit is being fed. I pray that you give yourself the chance to develop your spirit and your soul. So that you can go far with God. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer. I said man is a spirit. Has a soul. And lives in a body. Let's all say it. Man is a spirit. Check if your neighbor is saying it. If your neighbor doesn't know it, teach your neighbor quickly for the last time. Letu, teach your neighbor. Teach your neighbor. Man is a spirit. So when you go home, somebody asks you, what was taught in church today? You tell the person, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Put your hands together for Jesus. Lift your hands. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everybody here present. We pray. Thank you that you are bringing understanding into our lives.
into our Christian life. Thank you for this opportunity to be fed with your word. We pray, help us to make time to develop our spirits and our souls. Let's not neglect them by only focusing on the body. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.